Ron Gusick, Liberty Oil Field Services. Well, thank you for joining the program here today. And, uh, you know, I know you're a busy man. We got the holidays coming up, so we're very appreciative for the access and some of the information that you're going to share with us today. Uh, Views on what's going on with the North Face uh, controversy with the rejection of some oil and gas business citing, uh, I guess, uh, for new policies and lumping us in with a, some, some different categories, that sort of thing. Also, uh, 2020, a little bit of a different year for a lot of oil and gas professionals. 2021, uh, new president. Boy, lots to get comments on here. Don't, don't, don't want to get all of it uh, and uh, bombarded at Mr. Gusick at one time. But um, how are you doing today, by the way, in Colorado, right? Yes, in Colorado. Uh, great, to, great to be with you today, Jason. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the holidays, of course. Uh, been, been one of those years that's been a, a real challenge. All kinds of surprises that came at us. But, uh, you know, in some respects, looking forward to closing the books on this one and getting a fresh start next year. Now, I know you guys are active in a lot in different shale plays. Uh, how did 2020 go? Did, uh, did you stay in the different shale plays? Did you see any movement anywhere, one place to another? Just a you know, quick little recap, if you, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, 2020 was, was not without its challenges across the board. Yeah, we operate all the way from the, from the Canadian border, the Bakken in North Dakota, all the way down to the southern border uh eagle bird in texas and and you know i think the impact change in activity level was felt across the board there some some areas certainly more than others you know that we have a presence in the powder river in wyoming and and that's a smaller basin to start with a little less activity there and so it, it, it just like in 15 and 16 you know i think it, it felt the impacts of a, a change in capital allocation maybe more so than some other uh, of the more core basins did so it, it varied a little bit across our footprint for sure in in terms of just what the percentage change was but but uh, we felt it every place and um you know while we didn't we didn't exit any basin we uh you know we 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 retain a presence in every place we had been in previously uh the level of rebound and you know the the number of crews we have running has has certainly not come back as fast in some places as it has in others Making some notes here, so I apologize if I appear to be pausing. I'm just making a few notes. And I, the next question, you know, really, it's it's almost two-pronged. It's hard to have a discussion about one without the other. And on, on the one hand, we're talking about the North Face uh, re- rejecting or refusing, whichever word the media would like to use, uh, Texas Oil and Gas Company. Uh, in Innovex, is that right? Uh, I N N O V E X Innovex Downhole Solutions, and you know it really kind of sent a message through about a number of different things, from lumping oil and gas officially now with big tobacco and syntax and that sort of thing, and and then also the hypocrisy of the whole thing and. I'd, I'd like to just, you know, point out that it's very difficult to have this discussion because there's there's so many different angles to it from a, a disconnection side and a just sheer business standpoint. So I, I don't know what direction your comments are going to go, but uh, I did want to ask what your feelings were, what your thoughts were when it came to this whole North Face 
uh, refusal and new stance against the oil and gas industry. Yeah, that's, you know, of course, it's always frustrating to hear about things like that. And and you see it all over social media, particularly if you're in our industry and, and you have a lot of connections that are in that industry. It, you know, everybody is, is certainly, and rightfully so, pointing out the hypocrisy in that. You know, you they have a, they are a company whose products are, are made from uh, the, uh, you know, the materials that we produce or the commodities that we produce that are shipped by the commodities that we produce. They have a supply chain that is driven by uh, the commodities that we produce. And so when you think about all those things, that's, it, it's incredibly frustrating to see that kind of stance uh, come out of that, uh, out of the North States. I think that was, that was disappointing to, uh, to read about that. I certainly applauded uh, Innovex for the letter they sent back. I, I think it was a well-written, well-presented, uh, fact-based argument, you know, not an emotional one at all, but a, a well-reasoned, thoughtful piece that I, I hope they read and, and gave some consideration to. You know, I, I would say it, it, it frustrates me even at a bigger level than that. You know, of course, we can point to the material the jackets are made out of, climbing harnesses, ropes, whatever. But, but even the foundation on which that company is based, which is this idea that we should all get out and recreate, you know, they want us to, they want to encourage us to explore the world. And, you know, if you think back 150 years, give or take a little bit to before there was oil and gas, you know, this whole idea of, of recreation, of, of jetting off to the other side of the world to climb a mountain or, or hike a big trail or whatever the case might be. That didn't really exist. You know, we lived in a world where people had to work the large majority of their waking hours just to make ends meet, to put food on the table, to make sure they had water to drink, whatever the case might be. And, you know, here we we have now, 150 years later, access to uh, to all of those wonderful things, to the ability to travel, and but more importantly, access to time. And it's oil and gas, access to low-cost energy that enabled us to do that. We work... I think one of the simplest examples is that I've ever seen is just how long you have to work for, to pay for an hour of light. And, you know, that used to be measured in, that used to be measured in a lot of hours, uh, hundreds of hours, and then down to tens of hours. And now it's a second or something like that, that, uh, that you have to work to, to uh, have an hour, access to an hour of light. You know, we've gone from a world where 90% of humanity lived in poverty to a world where 10% of humanity lives in poverty. And what that ultimately translates into for all of us is is economic well-being, and and as a result, we work less and we have time to recreate more. And that's all because of oil and gas, access to low-cost energy that's made us do that. And so, you know, I look at the North Face, and here's a company whose mission statement is to encourage exactly what oil and gas has enabled over 150 years. And so for them to make that decision, to turn their backs on on an oil and gas company in that way is is incredibly frustrating to me because I think it just ignores all that all that oil and gas has done for humanity in, in a century and a half. I mentioned off air as we were talking, uh, just kind of getting to, uh, uh, I guess, talk a little bit about families and that sort of stuff. I mentioned I've got a 14-year-old son, and when he was about eight years old, he was really difficult to talk to. Nine, ten, you know, increasingly got more difficult where logic didn't apply and anything else. And it just became, he became very close-minded and impromptu and just kind of sporadic and that sort of stuff. 
So it became very clear to me it was difficult to have a discussion with somebody like that. It was like easier to talk to a brick wall. I kind of feel like we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're like that now, where, you, where we've reached such a level of hypocrisy that there really doesn't seem like a, it, there's any kind of conversation that can be had. But what worries me is when we have the officials. You know, 10 years ago when I got into this industry, plastic bags and, and pa- plastic straws were the debate. Now we got presidential candidates declaring a war on oil and gas, just like the governor in your state in Colorado. How have we gotten uh, to that level of uh, disconnect with adults? It's just, it's kind of different, isn't it? We are in a different place. It's, it certainly seems that we have migrated in a direction away from a, a willingness or ability to have open, candid conversation and consider uh, two sides of a coin, so to speak. It, it, we, we've started to deal in, in absolutes, in blacks and black and white, in, you know, in extremes, really, where there's, where there's no consideration for reasonable middle ground. And so it, 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 you, certainly you see that in public policy. You, you, you see it all over the place. Uh, you see it in the, in the media, I think, as well, and in many cases, certainly in the mainstream media. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it definitely makes it incredibly difficult to sit down and have that conversation where you consider the pros and cons of, of any decision that's being made, of any policy that's being implemented, of any statement you're going to make or or um, line in the sand that you're going to draw. And, and I don't know how we get back from that, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's something we need to figure out how to do again. It's We need to get back to this place where, uh, where we can have those open conversations where people can express opinions and where you're not... Uh, you're not automatically branded as, um, you know, a hater of the earth or whatever because you don't have an opinion that's in line with somebody else. Because that, that's simply not true. I, you know, I certainly would argue that the vast majority of the people who work in oil and gas are, are all about doing so to the highest standards, to the, to the best of their abilities to minimize any impacts, to produce the cleanest possible molecule we can. Um, because we recognize that's important. You know, I, I'm an outdoors person. I love to hike. I love to ski. I love to spend time in the mountains or paddling down a river or whatever the case might be. I, I certainly have, uh, I have two daughters as well. And, and I aim to live a, uh, to leave a, a great place for them to call home on this earth. So, you know, this, this idea that because we work in oil and gas, we're, uh, we're evil enough to destroy this planet is, yeah, it, it, it's, it's just a sad state of affairs. And, you know, I, I don't know how we get back to a place where, where we can have that discourse around the table and, and reach what I, I think would be, you know, sound and logical conclusions about a path forward. Sure, we need to continue to innovate. We need to continue to evolve. We need to continue to, to uh, deploy new technology and find better ways to do things. But we, didn't, we, sh- we shouldn't do so without weighing the pros and cons of each and every one of those solutions and ultimately deciding on a best path forward, which I don't think is where we are today. I don't understand um, the shareholders or any board of directors or anything along those lines from just two reasons. One is that my understanding is they're a public company, and I know public companies have certain certain uh, community standards and et cetera that they've, they need to adhere to. And when I take a look at just rejecting business, just flat-out rejecting business in a time when trillions of dollars are being printed to bail out businesses 
That that's got to be a red flag to me. At number one, number two, they've got a company Bulwark that sells fire resistant clothing, and I mean, I, I I'm not really quite sure what the, what the relationship is today, but um, there, there there's some legitimate business red flags there. Um, you know, I. Listen, we're not, I don't know about you, but I'm not a shareholder and, you know, I'm not in the SEC or I'm not, it's not my business to be in a uh, f- financial speculative talk show. But at the same time, I, I do understand the difference between sound business and, and flat out questionable business. Um, just what, you, did you have any comments on just that whole, in the day and age when people are really starving and looking for business to reject it based on that? and then have a line of FR clothing, it just seems a little questionable to me. It, it, it certainly does. You know, I think if you look at it from that from that bigger picture standpoint, yeah, I, you know, I think you could certainly make a case that, that on, on one hand to, uh, you know, to develop a product that, that sells into our industry, and on the other hand to choose not to sell a product to our industry, yeah, you know, I, I, you would definitely, would definitely wonder about that decision. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're on the outside looking in. And so you can only speculate as to, as to what led to those decisions and, and at what level, you know, decisions were made. I, you know, I, I don't know at, at, at um, what level inside of the corporation those conversations are happening. And, and we don't know. And, you know, unfortunately, there's really only we, – we just don't have both sides of the story right now because I think, at least to my knowledge, they've chosen not to say anything about it. I don't think they've chosen to comment at all on it, on it publicly. And so, unfortunately, that leaves us to speculate on, uh, on what is actually driving their, uh, their thought process there and, and exactly, you know, how that's, how that's going, uh, that's going to be thought about looking forward from a, from a bigger standpoint. Time to make a plug here real quick for myself. We did put a request out to uh, the president of North Face as well as the president of Bulwark. And last night at about 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, I got an email from the PR person from Bulwark where the VP of uh, some VP title of North America uh, wanted to come on the program. So... Just a little little plug there that uh, hopefully we'll get somebody on from Bulwark at least to talk a little bit about what's going on. I I can't imagine they're too happy about this. Bulwark is. I mean, like I said, I, I don't know how many farmers are buying buying fire resistant clothing. I don't know how many uh, firefighters are, but I'm pretty sure welders and uh, oil and gas are on the same page and a lot of other people that use FR clothing. So I, I just, you know, there's, there's a certain herd mentality that comes with oil and gas from time to time. Um, I did want to transition over to kind of some regulation real quick as I'm looking at the clock. Uh, you're in Colorado where, the, you know, the governor came out and he, I think Colorado Blueprint, it was even a book. You know, we've got uh, New York this week, uh, last week came out and said they're going to divest away from uh, natural gas. California is doing what they're doing. Uh, You know, Fargo and Austin, they've been known to get pretty blue at times, too, for a couple states that uh, have have some good oil and gas production here. So uh, talk to me about just the, the disconnect of leadership. You know, you mentioned you're not sure, you know, how how we got there and what to do. Having the conversation and 
And, you know, spitballing isn't a bad idea sometimes, you know, type of a thing. But you're, you're in Colorado, so you're kind of in the belly of the beast, I say. Um, you know, there is a little bit of a PR thing here, and a lot of it has to do with that. You know, not in my backyard, the NIMBY type of a thing. And I call it the uh, uh, Harry the Dirty Dog, the old child's book about, you know, he went to the coal chutes and the uh, steel mills and stuff and got dirty. And there's a little bit of that branding in our mind too, but um, the image and the regulation part, what, what should people be thinking about going into 2021? Yeah, you know, I th- certainly we are at the forefront of the regulatory world here in Colorado. I, you know, I think Colorado uh, had, uh, e- even over the last five plus years, maybe the most stringent regulations for the production of oil and gas, maybe of any state and maybe of any place in the world. And, you know, those those regulations continue to uh, to get more and more stringent, and you know I think what's important here is that first of all we have to we have to maintain a line of communication. You know we have to be part of we have to be part of the of the process in the development of those regulations to make sure that that we help the folks who are who are framing that who are working on that language to understand what what is realistic, what is plausible, and and, and what you know, it's just beyond the scope of reality at this point in time. You know, we're, I, I think everybody in Colorado uh, on the on the oil and gas side of things is certainly in favor of finding the best possible way to do things to minimize impact on, on the people who, who live near oil and gas operations. You know, we have, a, we have a, a unique challenge here or a somewhat unique challenge here in that the heart of the basin we are working in lies underneath the area where most everybody is moving in Colorado, up and down the front range, kind of up and down the I-25 corridor. And so we have to learn to work in close proximity with schools, uh, parks, playgrounds, people's houses. Um, and, 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 you know, of course, that, that requires that we do everything we can to minimize our impact. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, recognize that, that the service we provide and the industry where we are in is, is critical to the life we know as, as people today. And so we have to find a way to do that together. People's jobs count on that. The economic uh, success of, of the state counts on that. We are an important employer here, an important uh, contributor to the tax base, uh, both at the municipal level and at the state level. And, and so we have to continue to work together to find ways where, yes, we can get better at what we do and, and we can work under tighter and tighter regulations. But at the same point in time, we don't put ourselves in a position where where the industry can't be successful, and, and so that's a that's of course a lot of back and forth work, and requires that that we work very closely with those regulatory folks to to do that. And as long as those pathways of communication are open and people on both sides are willing to listen, we end up in a successful spot. Uh, where we get offside is 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 when uh, decisions are made unilaterally, when there isn't really consideration for uh, the economic impact, the human impact, uh, you know, what it, whatever that might be. And, and, and policies are put in place. And you've seen that, you've started to see that elsewhere, particularly out on the coast. You know, you know we've seen a few municipalities ban natural gas, any, any future natural gas hookup to, uh, uh, to new construction in those places. And, and you have to wonder, um, you know, did somebody truly consider the, the pros and cons of that? And I think you're starting to see that pushback happen there now, particularly from the lower income folks. Who's, uh, who are who are expecting utility bills to climb meaningfully? I, I mean, they already pay a outrageous price for electricity in in California, fifty uh, percent more than the nation's average at least, and maybe even a little better than that. And 
And that only looks to get worse, worse with decisions like that. And so you have to wonder, did somebody truly weigh the pros and cons of these decisions and ultimately arrive at the best decision for the, um, for, for all of the people in California? Or, you know, is this a, is this a decision that was put in, in place by some policymakers um, for the sake of virtue signaling, so to speak? And, and it's frustrating if, if that's where we truly are, because that's, that's, uh, that's not what we put elected leaders in place for. Well, let's end on a positive note. Uh, are you guys having a, anything for the holidays, COVID season? So, you know, budgets are down and masks are up and a lot of people aren't necessarily doing a lot of th- the things that they may not have done. But uh, are you guys doing anything at Liberty this year, for whether it be for the, the, the holidays or, you know, New Year's or anything like that? You know, unfortunately not. We uh, we have, in all past years, uh, you know, to the extent we were able to with our customers, find a schedule that allowed us to shut down all our crews and, and uh, bring the guys in for for a holiday party. But unfortunately, the uh, the conditions that we find ourselves in today, uh, specifically the health conditions, just don't allow us to uh, to do that. You know, I think there's a, there's there's enough concern around the potential risk of having a large gathering like that, regardless of where you are. In some places, you just can't. Um, but in some places where it, it, it might be possible, I think the risk is still viewed as, as too significant in terms of ongoing operations. And so, yes, unfortunately, we've made the hard decision not to have those holiday parties this year. Uh, and, you know, instead, we've, you know, we're sending out a we'll call it a little Christmas gift to everybody in the company. And that, that varies by where you are, what that is, but uh, you know, a little, a little bit of a thank you and a, and a Christmas video message going out to everybody just to, just to say a few words about uh, thanks for this year and, and some hopes for the year coming, but, but yes, a different year than we have had every year in our past. Um, hopefully, hopefully uh, that will not be the case next year. Well, we appreciate you making the time. And again, you know, it's it's access to people like you that really make uh, programs like mine, uh, you know, succeed and, and really gets the information out there to others so they know what's going on. I mean, right now is, is a time when, you know, access and information is paramount as people are trying to prepare for 2021 and... Uh, you know, it's a, it, there's enough unpredictability in oil and gas. We don't need the government adding more, if you know what I mean. So, anyway, I'll just I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it was a pleasure, Jason. Thanks very much for your time, and appreciate what you're doing there. Uh, it's important we share these messages.